This is the Retro Smash Gaming Podcast. Wherever you are, wherever you may be listening, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We are a bi-weekly, hopefully soon to be weekly, right? Hopefully? Yeah. Maybe soon? Yep. A podcast where two old friends hang out, drink beer, and talk retro video games. You can follow us on Twitter at Retro underscore Smash. I am Willie Time. You can hang out with me on Twitch Sunday to Thursday, playing all your classics around 8 p.m. Eastern. The gentleman sitting across from me, the man, the myth, the legend, a man who believes every zoo is a petting zoo. If you're not a little bitch, (laughs) is Eric. Eric, how are we doing today? Dude, so I told him not too loud before we recorded the (laughs) podcast. And the voice you're using sounds like you're trying to have sex with me. Ah. Well, I mean, I could just I could whip out the NPR voice and talk about everything going on right now across the country. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> this is a retro video game podcast. So it is. And we're talking about today. We're talking about one of the greatest retro video games ever, ever created. Super Mario Brothers 3. Oh, another one. I think better than that. Definitely better than that. Yes, this is our 30th anniversary retrospective edition into super mario world hopefully when this episode releases august 23rd that is actually the 30th anniversary of super mario world here in north america yes and i'm super excited that's pretty cool very cool but a couple things to do you know we gotta do first first i want to talk about just get out of the way i want to talk about something you've been playing lately that i'm super excited you're back into or i should say not back into playing how is your experience with Super Metroid been just out of random curiosity. So far, I like it. Good. And I suspect that it's going to be up there in my top list. Ooh, I really eventually. Do. I don't like I'm not going to say it's going to be in my top five or anything like I'm That's probably fair. not even halfway through the game. That's so fair. I'm not going to make any bold statements like that. But so far, like, yeah, it, you, it's a great game. How far have you gotten? I think I just got into Norfair. Oh, right. Yeah. You were saying that you just beat Kraid and you're so your first your first experience solo with Upper Norfair. How is that going? Is Upper Norfair like the bubbles? Yeah. So, OK, so if you're in where the green bubble, you're in Bubble Mountain. So, yeah, that's uh, it's still you're still in Upper Norfair. It seems like I'm going to get lost a lot. <laughs> and you probably will. But the good thing about Upper Norfair is the more you look around, the more you find good shit, honestly. Like, you'll, you'll find Ice Beam, Wave Beam, Speed Booster. You'll find Grapple down there. You'll find a few E-Tanks, a uh, couple sets of Power Bombs, uh, Super Missiles. You'll find all kinds of good stuff to get you through the rest of the game, honestly. Dude, I have not really played a game like that before. It's, it's weird. It's weird where it's basically, you know, because the game's not holding your hand. No, not but at all. Subtly, it is. How so? Well, because I mean, you you go by rooms where it's like when you get to the moat to get. You mean in like you can't ship. get into the places without getting a certain item? Yeah, essentially. Yeah. yeah, and I don't, which is really weird because you use you use that same description to describe Link to the Past. Yeah, I really never got into Link to the Past. Like I tried it, and it just wasn't my cup of tea. I don't know what it was. Yeah, but know. that's like one thing that they're the same at. That's that is I mean, true. they're very different games, very obviously. different games. Yes. Well, if I'm playing Super Metroid, then I think it's only fair if you play Link to the Past. I've tried. I, mean, I have tried Link to the Past, but I mean, I've played it and I played it on stream for a full week. And I just never 
oh, maybe if I'm not doing it right. I think that's one of those games because Super Metroid, I kind of had to watch somebody else play it first because I didn't have the mental wherewithal to. It's not like a platformer. It's not like Mega Man where it's like, you know, you get into a certain situation against a certain enemy, you know, at a certain time analogous to the rest of the level. And you're like, okay, I have to deal with this situation, you know, in itself in order to move on. Whereas Metroid is you're dealing with a whole situation like you're dealing with the entire game at one time. And you you don't even know, like, if what you're doing at that point is what you're supposed to be doing. Exactly. Like, I spent 15 minutes or more, probably more, trying to get through that room. Oh, I don't know where it's at. It's got the two closing doors. Okay, so you're going to Ice Beam. Yeah, you're you're trying to you're trying to get Ice Beam and you you just between friends, you're going to need speed booster to get in there. Okay, because I got through the first door Mm -hmm. when I I feel like I could almost make the second door. Can you do it without the speed booster? If you're a top-notch speedrunner and can mockball under that door, and what's mockball? So there's a way you can you can sequence break the game, and you can do it really early in the run when you first get into Brinstar. Okay, I just want to know what mockballing is. Well, it, it it's hard to explain. Is it when you morph into the ball like in midair or mid run? Yes, but the thing is, if you do it in midair and hit the ground, you'll come to a stop. And you'll just then start rolling. And then so you have to rolling. time like your jump to get just under the door whenever you morph in there. Do the mock ball thing. Yes, because what happens is you, you break into a run and then you jump. And at the very last second, you'll morph into a ball. But the thing is, you won't stop to do to do a mock ball. You won't stop. Your momentum won't stop. Your speed will continue. Yeah, I was trying to run up and morph into the ball as quickly as I could to try to get underneath the door. Yeah. It's damn and, close. And that's and that's where it gets you. And okay, so how do you do the mock ball then? So it's how how I watched it done. You're basically you're running. You jump all at full speed. There's a certain point where you have to like look down when you're in midair. And then right when you hit the ground, you Hadouken. So just down forward. You, Same time? Yeah. It's okay. just like just like you're doing Hadouken in um, in like Street Fighter, it's just down forward. We're just talking about all the games that I don't. Oh, like. I know. <laughs> well, I can't say. That you're not not L- a fan let of me Street Fighter because you said something about Mega Man. I wasn't into Super Metroid, but now that I played it, I am. Mm-hmm. Mega Man, same thing. But I played a little more Mega Man than I have Metroid. Sure. I just can't get into Mega Man. That's fair. But Street Fighter, no, I just don't like. That's fair. I mean, and, and it's like I said, it's because I'm just not good at those fighters. And I think I mentioned it on another podcast that those kinds of fighters I'm just not good at. Well, we used to be good at them, but I found one that I am good at. What's that? Soul Calibur. Ooh. I think it's four that I have sitting over there on the PS2. Looking over here. Oh, you have the night that Espo was over here and we were trying to get you to come out. Yeah. We played Soul Calibur. How'd that go? And, you know, it's the setup of the best two out of three wins the the match. Yeah. Right? So he said, whoever wins three matches wins. So we're just going to play three matches. Oh, okay. I won 3-0. Damn, son. And then he mo- moved the goalpost a little bit. <laughs> said five matches. Of course. I won 5-0. And then you won 5-0. <laughs> and then he moved it again to seven. Oh. Eventually you stopped giving him. I'm assuming you won seven. I won seven. 
eventually you stop asking for the rematch. It's like boxers. You know, it's like if a boxer knocks another boxer out and the one that's lost is like, I want a rematch and he gets knocked out again. He's not getting a trilogy. He's not getting a third match. I'm not going to waste your time. There's been plenty of fights that have went like three different matches, right? Yeah, but normally in order to get a trilogy, each boxer has to win. And it's just like you're saying, you right. move the goalpost. Yeah. Normally in a trilogy, in order to have a real true trilogy, each each fighter has to win once. Or if one wins in a really close decision and it was really hyped up, then you'll get the rematch. Then right. if that one's really close or somebody wins by knockout or the other person wins by knockout, then you get the trilogy. If you're getting smoked, you're not going to get you're not going to get the rematch. You're not going to get no, the because if you get smoked in something, you don't want to keep playing. Exactly. Right. You start doing the little quizzes, little games that we do because I, you were getting smoked so bad. I did. So you decided you wanted to quit playing them. <laughs> and I want to make me look like the idiot. Yep. Dishing them out. So what do you got? I do. And I figured the one that we had a couple weeks ago, you know, the who DF is. I'm like, I don't really like that. I said, man, that's really no. freaking hard for you. So that episode hasn't released yet. I'm going to give, well, whenever it does release. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I did not do good. Um, I decided I want to kind of switch up a little bit. In every game I'm going to give you, each question you're getting a 50-50 shot. How does that sound? That sounds great. That sounds good. I'd like my odds. Yes. I'd like them better if it was 75-20, but I'll yeah. take it. Well, you're not getting that. You're getting 50-50 and you're going to like it. So we're gonna, I'm going to give you a new set of games. So every que- every little quiz you're going to get is what I like to call a set of this or dat. Like in uh like if you've ever I know you played, you don't know, Jack. So you, you get the this or dat. So it's, it's kind of the same kind of feel. You get seven questions. You got to get four out of seven. Correct. So basically you get three strikes at most and then you lose. And winner takes shot. Yeah, yes. Well, well as a tradition, as a tradition, we'll probably both end up taking a shot with this one. Screwball. And again, and as an added bonus, I even took 12 whole seconds out of my day sitting in line at McDonald's this morning to write you a theme song. Are you going to sing it? I am going to sing it. Oh, my God. Let's do this. Wait, hold on. I got I to remember what it was. Wait, is it? OK, hold on. <clears throat> is it this one or is it that one? Eric has to pick this or that. I'm going to put some music to that and it's going to sound really <laughs> fucking good. And I'm going to sing it before every, every, uh, every time we play. Is it this one or is it that one? Eric has to pick. These are that. <laughs> are you ready? Let's do this. Your category for tonight's this or that is Canadian or band. So each game I'm going to give you is either a made by a Canadian developer or B banned somewhere around the world okay are you ready nope <laughs> remember you gotta get four out of seven correct let's do this number one siren head oh, siren head siren and that's s-i-r-e-n like a tornado siren siren head siren head i'm gonna that sounds like a band let's go band, band. Final answer that is a Canadian game. Fuck this Trevor game. Henderson, the creator out of Toronto, created that game. It was an indie style game. Oh, it's a game? I thought you said game developer. Oh, no. These are all just actual individual games. Okay. I guess I, maybe I should start with number two. Which number two? Let's just go straight to number two. <laughs> number two. Command and Conquer Generals. Command and Conquer Generals. That's a game. 
That is a game. That is a game. That's you don't get points for recognizing that it's a game. What do you mean? That was number two. Like I get one point. It is a game, but you guys tell me if it's Canadian or banned. What do you mean? What's what's the matter with you? What happened in the last forty five seconds? You just said this or that. I just need to choose if it's a game or if it's a band. No. Oh. What? What's going on with you over there? No, I'm giving you the name of a video game. You have to tell me if it's a Canadian developer or if it's if it's created by a Canadian developer or if the game is banned somewhere around the world. Not allowed. Oh, well, I'm going to say Canadian developer. No, number two, Command and Conquer's General is actually banned in the country of China. I thought you, okay, when you say band, I thought you meant like a music band. No, it's B-A-N-N-E. Well, you didn't spell that one out, so. Nope, we're doing the next one. We're, we're going to play, play a different one. No, 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 let's finish this one. <laughs> I have Konami versus Toonami in, on deck, so I feel like that's one you can't mess up. <laughs> we're going to finish this one. <laughs> okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll give you one point just so. Nope, I'm 0-2. 0-2. All right. So number three, Canadian or banned, not allowed. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye, Volcano High. That sounds pretty tame. I I don't think it'd be banned anywhere. It doesn't sound like the name of a band either. That sounds like a name of like a band that would open up for some 41, though. Sounds like a shitty Netflix series. (laughs) It does, actually. Yeah, I'm going to go Canadian developer. That is a Canadian developer. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. Uh, created by KO underscore OP out of Montreal. All right. Moving right along. Number yes. Four. Nicely done. Number four. Guacamelee Tournament Edition. I don't know that that game is banned anywhere, but I'm going to say it is. We'll go banned. It is not. It is made by a Canadian developer, Drinkbox Studios out of Toronto. Oh, okay. So you got to get the rest. Number five. This is one I have been waiting ever since I had this idea to create this series for you. This is one I've been waiting for. And I'm this is probably going to give away the answer. Football Manager 2005. Football Manager 2005. Okay, which way are you taking this? Football Manager 2005. Don't think it's banned anywhere. Because why would it be? I'm going to go Canadian developer. That is a banned game. Shut the fuck up. It is banned in the country of China because it depicts Tibet and Taiwan as independent countries. Shit. Which is like, which is not what the China Chinese government wants to portray. Okay, so you got to get the last two to get it. No, you said I have to get the rest of them. Like, I'm. Oh, so you've already lost. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. All right. Yeah. Wonderful. (laughs) Number six Assassin's Creed Black Flag. I have no idea. That's what you got to find out. So, my (laughs) gut reaction is that it is banned somewhere. So, I am going to say that it's a Canadian developer. It is a Canadian developer created by Harsh. I should say. Majority of the game was created by Ubisoft out of Montreal. Nice. Yes. Number seven and the last one. 
This is a double. I'm going to give you double points for this one. Are you ready? Yep. EA Sports. It's in the game. MMA. <laughs> it's in the game. EA Sports. MMA. I'm going to say it's banned somewhere because I don't know. My gut reaction is Canadian developer and I've been wrong most of the time. So I'll go against my gut. Well, you chose correctly to go against your gut. That is a bad game in the country of Denmark. Why? Because Denmark does not allow energy drinks. And one of the main sponsors for EA Sports MMA is Rockstar. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. Because beating the shit out of each other is okay, but energy drinks isn't. Correct. Makes sense. And they even tried. I was reading that story. They even tried to take, they wanted, um, Denmark said, if you guys just take the energy drinks out, we'll allow sales in this country. But the developers at EA said it wouldn't be spiritually right to take those out because they are. There's probably like 12 people in Denmark who'd buy the game, so (laughs) it costs more to take it out. I don't know. How many people, how many people live in Denmark? I feel like we gotta start bringing... Oh, let's take a guess here. How many people live in Denmark? 300,000? No, 700,000. Wow. No, we're talking millions. We are talking millions. Oh, okay. 8 million? Not quite 8 million. 5.806 million people live in the country of Denmark. I don't know why I said like 300,000. I just know Denmark is small. It looks small on the map. It does I guess all countries look pretty small on the map, though. Well, it's, Euro- it's European it's countries. it's not to scale. Yeah, I mean, European countries. I mean, it's kind of like. And not to get political, but I think the size of the countries on most maps are wrong. Right. Right. Like Greenland is oversized on maps, but it's really a lot smaller. Well, we also live in Indiana where North Vernon's down south, South Bend's up north, and French Lick isn't what you think it is. (laughs) Oh, so. That's an L for you. Thank you for playing today's episode of this or that. Is it this one or is it that one? Eric Loss always got a drink. Take a drink. Let's do do it. I just I just came up with that ending theme. Eric Loss. he has a drink. Prost. Okay, so the main topic for the day Arguably the greatest pack-in game ever, 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 ever created. One of your favorites. Yep. Super Yours Mario as well. World. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're celebrating Dirty 30. I can't believe that game. Oh. That means the whole Super Nintendo system itself is 30 years old. And that's what like, we grew up with. And you know, That's weird. a good point. Is it, so uh, the Super Nintendo released this day, too, in North America. 1991? I think, yeah. It was one of the packing games. It's, better, yeah. It's so weird because... A better they, podcast would do their research. <laughs> well, you know us, not a better podcast. But it's so weird because, like, when you think about when the N64 came out versus when the Super Nintendo was released, the whole height of the Super Nintendo's popularity, and people say that it's arguably the best system ever, you're telling me it only had a real, true hype lifespan of five years? Before it became obsolete. That's bananas to think about. Yeah, I mean, it. Four to five years, because didn't. Well, Star Fox 64 was 90. 
No, five? Man, I don't know. That's a really good question, but you know, you're I mean, just just the game itself. Just super just Super Mario World itself. I mean, just what 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 can we what can two jabronis like us say about it that hasn't already been said? Colorful colorful world, tight controls, great graphics, you know, the platforming's great, and I'm still learning things about this game every single day. Every single time I play and like I'm sitting here watching because we have it on his TV, his big TV um, for that's <laughs> a deep for, cut. That's, that's a very deep cut. He has it on here um, kind of for effect, but I'm sitting here watching it and I'm watching somebody do a full completion of the game. And there was a point where they were in one of the castles and slid down the stairwell and was able to take out one of those green. Like bubbles? Are they are those bubbles or are they like spotlights? I feel like they're bubbles because you can bounce on them, right? You know what I'm talking about? They are. Do, 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 do I have a thing pulled up over here? Do you really have a thing? They're pulled up? big bubbles. Yeah, they are that's bubbles. What they're called. It's why, called was the big believing, why was I believing somebody was saying that they were spotlights? I mean, it kind of looks like it. Right. But I guess like what, what we were talking about earlier with Metroid, just so much to explore. Mm-hmm. The Mario games have that too. Oh, they really do. And like in Super Mario Bros. 3, it's got a few places you can explore. Right. You know, like getting on top of the, the castle right there, get the warp whistle, shit like that. And even in the first one, it did that. But in this one, I, I feel like they really opened up. And that's oh, yeah. been a mainstay with the Mario games. Maps. Even now with Super Mario Odyssey, some of those places where those stars, or not the stars, the moons are. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. Like, you'd never think to look there. Well, going from... So it's like, not on the same degree as, like, a Metroid. But it kind of feels like it. There's a lot to explore. Mm-hmm. It's a game that you get a lot of gameplay out of it. And I did as a kid. Mm-hmm. Not just only beating the game, playing through the levels, just exploring, trying to find the different shit. Like, the levels with the the red dots on them. I had no idea as a kid that that meant... There were multiple exits in that level. Really? It's not yet. And it's not something I learned until I was an adult. I'm like, oh shit, I wonder where this one is. <laughs> oh. I mean, I'd probably know where the majority of them are now. Yeah. But the point being, it, there's a shit ton to explore in the game. Yeah. And we didn't have the internet back in like 1994, 1995. You know, you either watched a friend play it, you bought one of the, you know, Game Pro magazines or Nintendo Power magazines. Or you paid four ninety nine a minute to have somebody explain it to you. And we're not that old. I never did that, did you? No, no. I just gave up. <laughs> they had strategy guides though too. They did, yeah. Do you ever have many strategy guides? Um, not really. I think I just it's like I said, if I didn't get it, it was like Super Metroid when I was younger. Like I didn't understand how to really play it. And so I just kinda I was six or seven. Trying to play Super Metroid yeah, and not understanding what was out. going on. I'm like, why am I going into this room and dying? It's like, well, I don't have a var. And then 31 year old me is like, you don't have a Varia suit. And seven year old me is like, well, I guess I'll never know. And I just keep dying. We'll <laughs> save that for the Metroid episode. I'm sure we'll do that soon if I complete the game. Wonderful. I think you. I think you will. Yeah. I, I honestly think your first playthrough will be about seven to eight hours for real. You're going to be clicking a lot of stuff. But that's the one thing about, you know, Super Mario World. You're not really collecting a whole lot of things. It's it's like I said, the platforming is great. The 
And yeah, like when you get to, you know, Donut Plains one and you see that red, you know, you see the symbols red. You're like, what does this mean? I'm just going to go. Be, I'm just going to go beat the exit. And then you go around the outside. And if you don't around know the outside, around the outside, oh, Obi Trice. Real names, no gimmicks. You go to the left and you get to Donut Plains 2. And that's also an alternate exit. But that alternate exit takes you to a Switch Palace. The green one? Mm-hmm. Sure does. And, you know, if you don't initially know that, maybe you stumble upon. Maybe that's one you actually can stumble upon. Because if you try every single every single pipe in there, eventually you'll get to it. And that's one of those kind of secrets that makes this game just so unique from anything else that came out because you're talking about super mario one and super mario three i think this game secrets wise has a whole lot more like secret secrets wise yeah, there's 24 secret exits that's bananas mm-hmm. that's crazy and that's is that including special star road i believe so i mean i wouldn't see why i wouldn't wow there's 73 different levels 24 of which have secret exits it's uh jumping into the gameplay ah man there's there's just it's a tight game it really is and it really shows off you know the sick going from the eight from the eight to like the 16 bit era the super nintendo like the 16 32 bit that they're trying to convey it really goes well like graphics wise and the graphics really you know, go hand in hand with the gameplay. We've talked about like perfect, quote unquote, perfect games before. And I don't know if I mentioned this one, but I definitely would think it is. Oh, yeah. Like there's not a thing I would change, especially thinking about the tightness of the controls. Mm -hmm. It feels so clean and tight. Very responsive. Very responsive. That's a great Very responsive controls for its time. Like there's no lag at all which really which it, it's a great game yeah, i think a lot of it though is the controller the super nintendo controller because mm-hmm. i've tried playing this on a switch and it just does not feel right i know you got that super nintendo controller for your switch yes but playing it with the joy cons i just can't do as well with it now do you play it on the snes classic though yeah yeah that's what i, do, do you, I was gonna say do you feel like that's mm-hmm. a lot better yeah for it's definitely the controller it's definitely yeah I mean, the the super- way you could run, you know, mm-hmm. you hold the Y button to run with your thumb and then just like press it down to jump too. I don't feel like I could do that as well on the Switch. Sure. With smaller buttons, the placement of the buttons too, maybe. Right. And then also using the analog stick on the Switch kind of fucking sucks. You yeah. know, for a game like this. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's maybe something just... I've become accustomed to because I played it so much with the Super Nintendo controller. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's somebody else, you know, just picking it up for the first time on the Switch could play it. But very responsive controls. It's a great way to put it. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, going back to the controller, I mean, they're, they have the Switch controllers that are made, but they look like kind of like Xbox controllers are kind of bigger and blockier. Yeah. And there's something about playing certain games with just the Super Nintendo controller versus one of those bigger, bigger, blockier ones. Super Metroid is one of those where it's easier to play on a actual Super Nintendo controller. Uh, Mega Man X is another where it's just it's a bigger layout because if you're running, sometimes you don't want to just jump. 
they introduce something in this game they hadn't had before. They introduce and I'm watching it right now because I'm watching the runner go through a ghost house. And you don't want to jump too high because it's one of those ghost houses where there's just ghosts all like from the top half of the screen. So you don't want to go too high, especially if you have a cape on. They introduced the spin jump, which is which is something that you didn't have in the other games. And which was a, was also if you were in a pinch was a good way to get rid of enemies too. certain enemies. That's what it should be saying. Certain enemies. Watching the speed runs, the players will use the spin jump at certain times. Because mm-hmm. what is it? You don't jump as high. Right. Yeah. You, you're, you're more in control of your jump. And that's what this game brings that like Super Mario 3 doesn't. So in the game, what is there? Nine different worlds? Eight different worlds? Uh, there's eight different ones in three. nine if you count special zone. Yeah, because you got Yoshi's Island. You got all of Donut Plains, which pretty much encapsulates most of the map. Uh, you've got Vanilla Dome, Vanilla Dome, which twin bridges, Forest of Illusion. I'm speaking of Forest of Illusion, (laughs) something you weren't getting through the first time. I know anybody that's listening to this, like you're not getting through Forest of Illusion the very, very first time you play. So the Japanese name Forest of Illusion is Moyoi no Mori, and that translates to Lost Woods. Really? Is Zelda reference. Ooh, I didn't know that. I, this game had quite a few references. Like the the bosses are named after musicians. Mm-hmm. Ludwig. Yep. And I think all of them are actually besides Morton, if I read right. Uh, Morton. Then Reznor was... Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails <laughs> was was that really for real? Like was I, that was Nine Inch Nails like really that early in the nineties or was that? Was that's that really what a thing? I read. And really, that the was site really I was thing. using never lies because the internet is nothing but truth. That's right. That's right. So just kind of looking at this right now, um, let's go to eleven exit, which is basically your standard just any percent run. That's using the secret exit in Donut Plains one. Mm-hmm. Going through the water, go ship, cutting across Star World, and going through the back door, Bowser's Castle. Yep. Yes. Do you know what the uh, world record is? I think it's something ridiculous, like seven minutes. Uh, I have on here, according to our friends at speedrun.com, Super Mario World, 11 exit, nine minutes. 43 seconds by lost core. That's any that's just a regular 11 exit. There's so many different like categories you can run too. there's the 96 exit. There's no star world. There's all castle. No cape. There's 11 exit. No cape. There's small only. I did see a race a few years ago. This is something I want to get a whole bunch of us together to do which i think would be fun they had at sgdq a few years ago they had a switch palace race which i thought looked insanely fun that's basically half the game i know a lot of other games do speed runs but all the different things you could do this game really speaks volumes to how good it is Mm -hmm. you know you could play it casually and just have fun and so many people did this was 
What did I see? 20 million cartridges sold. Best-selling Jeez. Super Nintendo game, which was a packing game. So, Well, even after that, it's that. still highly sought after. The 20 million cartridges sold accounts for 5% of every Super Nintendo or Super Famicom game sold ever. Wow. 5%? That's, that's nuts. That's it, a bunch. It's a huge game, man. It is. I and don't know anybody who hasn't played it. Right. And one thing that I was talking with somebody on my stream about uh, twitch.tv slash wallet time. <laughs> thing I was talking to somebody on my stream about, they asked me a question while I was streaming one day. And I thought it was a really interesting question they asked. They asked me, what is your comfort game? Like if you're in one of those moods and you want a game that you know is going to be nice and easy, lighthearted, isn't going to take yourself too seriously, but it's fun to play, easy to play. You know, if you want a challenge, you can get a challenge. You know, one yeah, of those. You can just play it however you want. Exactly. I think if you were to ask 10 people, Super Mario World may be on four to five of those lists. As just a regular, I'm going to sit. I've had a shitty day. I'm going to sit and play this. I think it may be on four to five of those lists. Like, if I'm just going to be honest with you, I mean, would this would this be on yours or with a certain age group? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it would. No, let me, let me guess the amount that I've played it. Just you don't get a lot of surprises. That's that's true. And yeah, that's what you really see is what's what you key get. with the comfort. Like mm-hmm. you've ran through this so many times. Mm-hmm. There's still things that pose challenges for sure. Right. But you know what's coming up. You know what to expect. Mm hmm. So yeah, I, I think that's what really makes good comfort game. One of the things that I really liked is, you know, it, the adaptability. Because it's like some people are like, I love this game so much. I want to make it more difficult. I want to make it how I want it. Which is how like Kaizo Super Mario or anybody that's making levels on Super Mario Maker, you know, they'll make super. Yeah, those games, those levels are either super fucking easy or super fucking hard. Right. Those Kaizo levels. And some of, I do not understand how some of those people beat those. Or or make them for that matter. Them, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about the music for this game. That's it's a it's a huge component because I mean you still get you still get that Mario flavor. Like you still can tell, even if you had never heard the music of this game before, you're like, oh, this sounds like something like a Mario game would have. No, I was researching a little bit for this podcast, mm-hmm. and I read that the same song is used throughout the whole game, besides the title screen, Bowser's song, the overworld, I think, and the rest, it's just the same music, maybe in different speeds or pitches, but it's oh. always the same keys. Oh, really? Yeah. I guess I never, now I'm going to go back and look at that again. <laughs> I've never actually noticed that. Usually I'm not a big soundtrack guy in games. Oh, I'm a huge soundtrack. In they could guy. really get, get you into a game. It's just another way of, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just, just, just better, just gamer interaction. Yeah, it's, it's part of the full experience. It is. And it's hard to pull off, I think. It Especially really that early for this game specifically that early in the Super Nintendo's lifespan. 
But the Mario games were always like that. Very right. um, encapsulating. It's just part of the whole experience. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, compared to like, I wasn't a big fan of the music in like Super Mario 64. I was really a big fan of the music in Super Mario Galaxy because that was the first time they brought in like a full symphony to do the music for that. And it sounded phenomenal, which is still to this day why I tell people Super Mario Galaxy might be the most beautiful game I've ever played. But I mean, you can't agree to disagree, but you can't have Super Mario Galaxy unless you have Super Mario World. This was really the last true, like just straight 2D platformer they made. I mean, am I thinking that? Well, no. I mean, you got Donkey Kongs. Well, I mean, like for Mario wise, I guess you had Super Mario World 2. Would you want to talk about that a little bit? I haven't played through that game. I'm not. I know a lot of people love it. It's a good game. I'm not a huge fan of it. Same. And that's where I think, yeah. The art style is cool. It is. I don't like the shooting eggs. I think it really slows down the game. Now, had they made Super Mario World 2, but made it like Super Mario World, the OG. Right, like a proper style. One, instead of just throwing the fucking name on there to sell copies. Right. Well, I, well, because I mean, because you're really with Yoshi the entire time. So it's you could just really named it Yoshi Roll. But yeah, you're right. It's something they did kind of slap Super Mario World 2 on there when really you're just with Yoshi most of the time. It should have just been yeah, Super, Super Yoshi's World. I think it's a prequel. It's supposed to be a prequel. Well, obviously, with his baby Mario. Yeah. Well, you could just call it Super Yoshi's World. Because that's really kind of what you're doing the yeah, entire time. Yeah, but they're time. not going to sell as many copies that way. Exactly. So, one... one so to kind of wrap this conversation up a little bit, where do you think this fits? Like, do you think Nintendo does as well with the Super Nintendo? Because you got to come out swinging with a packing game. And we've talked about that before. You got to come out swinging with a packing game. The Wii did it correctly with Wii Sports. I think you did back then, not as much now. Yeah. With the packing game. Like, sure. You're going to sell copies. People want the next big thing. And you can. Video games are a lot bigger now than what they were then. And you can also personalize your packing game. And by personalize your packing game, like if I wanted to wait till Christmas to wait for. Uh, let's see. What's a big game that's coming out here soon? Because it's we're we're in August of 2021 right now. What's a big game that's going to be coming out soon? Metroid Dread. Yes. Like, let's say I wanted to do. Let's say I haven't bought. Let's say I'm a big Metroid fan, but I haven't bought a Nintendo Switch. And Metroid Dread is coming out, but they do a special edition Metroid Dread edition of the Nintendo Switch. Is that considered a pack-in game? Yeah, it's a packing game. Well, because my Xbox One, I got the special edition, the Gears of War edition, which what I thought what I thought was going to be awesome at the time. It took up like almost half of my damn hard drive. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm not digging with this. So basically, I, I installed it, played it once, uninstalled it. But I mean, I still had it and I still have it there if I want to go rip through it again. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean. This was like the OG. You wanted a Super Nintendo. You got Super Mario World. And thank God they made it good enough to stay on its own. Essentially, you got any closing thoughts about it or. Um, if you haven't played it, play it. I can't imagine nobody. <laughs> exactly. Like listening to this episode hasn't played it. Right. And that's one thing real quick before we go. 
can you think of anybody that really hasn't played this? Well, probably not. I, honestly, I can't think of anybody who hasn't made a podcast about it. Exactly. Or which Sega is something fanatics. we discussed. Sega well, fanatics still played it. Surely, surely. Sega fanatics probably. You got the Sega Genesis, but you know Super Mario World. Like you got to play that. So you do it, and you might not tell anybody. You might tell people it sucks, and Sega's still better, but still got to do it because it's good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, talking about it, we were kind of hesitant to do this episode because everybody's done Super Mario World podcast. Mm-hmm. But then again, in that same in the same breath, we almost felt like we had to because everybody's done, sure. done a Super Mario World what, podcast. What can we say that, you know, other people haven't? Mm, exactly. I mean, really nothing. I really am glad we did it. And I'm glad you wanted to. The first time you floated me the idea, you were like, let's do an episode about Super Mario World. What was the first word that came out of my mouth? Doesn't everybody do a podcast about Super Mario World? Point. It's like the rite of passage. It's the secret handshake. And we were going to hold off on it. Then we realized that its 30th anniversary was coming up. Mm-hmm. And it would actually fall right on the release day of our podcast. So I'm like, we really got to do it. Let's make it happen. So here we are. What's your best time, by the way, before we right <sighs> before we go? What's your what's your best time? I don't know exactly, but I think it was in the high 13s, I, like 1356 or something like that. 12 minutes, 59 seconds for me. Let's go. Let's go. You don't want to race me in this game. I do want to <laughs> race you. It, I always find one point that just snags me up, right. whether it be in Donut Plains 1, hitting the when you're flying with the cape, oh, hitting that just right. Like or, learning how to fly. Yeah. Or in star world getting underneath where that key is i i forget exactly which level it is but you gotta have the cape so you could go grab the koopa then float down and hit the question block on the ground and get the key um uh, run that one more time in one of the star world levels the secret exit is on a platform underneath like the main platform. Oh, that's the last one. Yeah, that's the last one to get to. And getting that, like you have to have the cape mm-hmm. or you could take a Yoshi down. Yes. But the, okay. you have to have a blue Yoshi. Yes. Yeah. Or eat a blue shell that makes him fly. So, yes, I know exactly what you're talking right, about. But now. then it can't spit out the the shell to hit the question block on the ground. Can it? Oh, yeah. Like, I think you have to you use have the to cape. Have a, you have to use a blue one. Yeah. The blue one, then it spits out the shell, or you use the cape to and grab the Koopa and then just glide underneath. Like you go past it a little bit. Yes, exactly. Yeah, okay. I know what you're talking about now. And, yes, and that always snags me up. That's a monumental pain in the ass. You are correct. Okay. Well, that is our traditional. <laughs> we've put our feather in the cap and. Stood on the shoulders of great podcasters before us and finally did our Super Mario World episode. <laughs> Only five episodes in. Mm-hmm. Probably could have waited a little bit, but. No, but well, 30th anniversary, you can't exactly, you yeah. can't pass it up. So. Super happy that we did this. You know, it's like I said, we can't really say anything about the game that hasn't already been said, but. And we probably didn't say too much about it, <laughs> but that's OK. We, well, we got out there. We talked about it and it was a good time. All right. So any closing thoughts? Just check out our Discord channel. Yes. 
check out our Discord. Yeah, is it um, Discord our, or Discord channel? I don't know. I don't know either. That's a good Just question. Check it out. The link is in our Twitter bio. Mm-hmm. And you can join us two weeks from now when Eric is going to tell us just exactly what was in the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. Fiction. Yep. <laughs> Bye.